0: This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the fact that we have a start of a new year um, that God has given us. And truly, for many of us, it some would say, well, it's just the day you could start anytime, and that's true. But something special about just having a marker for a fresh start uh, and a new beginning. And so we want to just uh, we're excited here at Life City Church. Actually, today is the first day that we as a family will be beginning 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you participating in that? Shout out, amen. Prayer and fasting uh, begins today. And I just want to encourage you a little bit about this before we get into the message about why this is so significant and why we believe that as individuals and as a church that we should be doing this. And there's a scripture in Mark chapter 9, verses 8 through 29 and it says and when he had come into the house his disciples asked him privately why could we not cast it out and so he said to them this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting the first thing we need to understand is that there's some things that are not going to move in our life until we start applying some spiritual pressure to them shout amen and so that means that he said that that this kind and there's some stuff in our life that we need to move say amen You have anything in your life, you need God to just get it out of the way and move it. And so one of the reasons, one of the things that Jesus says to us is that this kind only comes out by prayer. We've been doing that. But he says fasting as well. So you've got to turn uh, something down. And basically when we fast, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I want to connect to you. And I want to disconnect from this world for a little while. Uh, The second reason that we fast is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And it says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. So it's amazing that the God of this universe actually wants us to make our requests known to him. He wants us to tell us the things that are uh, on our heart and the desires that are on our hearts and the things that we uh, seek for him to do. So the second thing that we do when we're praying and fasting is we lay out, hey, God, uh, these are some areas that I'm really seeking you in for direction and things that... Uh, I want you to do in me and through me and in my family. So hopefully you've got a prayer list already. If not, you'll want to do that today. And then lastly, uh, here's what Jesus promises. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he says, I say to you, what things, whatever things you ask, when you pray, what's the first thing he tells us to do? Believe that you receive them and you shall what? have them. So when we pray and when we fast, we want to approach it with faith and belief. We want to approach it with expectation. And and when you fast and when you pray, I don't know what the formula is to it, but I know that there's an expectation that begins to rise in our hearts and our spirits for God to do the supernatural and the miraculous in our life. How many of you need a miracle? How many of you need God to really work in your family and in your life? Well, this time we are, these 21 days, I believe if you give God the first fruits, Uh, through fasting and prayer that God is going to work mightily uh, in our lives. One of the things that you may have received coming in was a connect card. And I'm going to ask you to do something um, even as I'm preaching or as God brings things to your mind, there's a spot on there where you can put prayer requests. You don't even have to put your name on it, Uh, but we want you to just fill out your prayer requests uh, so we as a church can be praying for you during this time. Um, And I'll ask you to just uh, put them at the altar at the end of the service. Nothing Uh, fancy, not going to embarrass you. I just want uh, us to be truly seeking the face of God for the specific details and things uh, that are going on in your life that that God would have uh, you to see a miracle in. Can we say amen? All right, so let's get into our series. Um, I'm excited to be starting uh, a new series here in January, and it's called New Beginnings Living Bold. And the title of today's message is Amazing boldness. How many of you know that there's sometimes where you just got to step up, stand up, stand out, and be everything that God created and called you to be? There comes a point where you have to get past knowing that God has placed something significant on the inside of you, and you've got to begin to walk in the boldness of who God created and called you to be. You have a purpose. Over your life, you've got breath in your body, God has a plan for you. But 2019 is the year, watch this, that you've got to break the walls and the barriers in your life and begin to move in everything that God has for you. This is the year that the opinions of man no longer matter in your life. I'm not even in my notes yet, but you've got to get to a point where you say, you know what, whatever I've been through, whatever struggle I've been through, whatever test I've been through, whatever has come my way, I'm breaking the box. I'm breaking the wall down, and I'm going to be everything that God created and called me to be. This is the year that I fight for my family. I fight for my promise. I fight to lay hold on everything that God has promised for me. Can we shout amen? I, I need to really get this in our hearts because if you continue to do, watch this, what you did in 2018, you're going to continue to get what you got in 2018. But if you say, you know what, God, I'm I'm going to radically obey you. I'm going to believe you like never before. And when you put the opportunity in front of me, I'm taking hold of everything that you have for me. Say amen. amen. And so with, with next five weeks, we're looking from the book of Acts. We're going to pull some different passages from the book of Acts. Acts was written by a doctor called Luke, who also wrote the gospel of Luke. And we're going to be talking about this, this thing called boldness. We're going to be talking about boldness. And so here's the first thing that we need to understand before we get into the scripture is this. Boldness is behavior that is born out of belief. It's behavior that's born out of belief. And I need to read the first verse. I I missed that. But here's what I want to kind of use uh, from Isaiah 43. Here's what I want to use as kind of a launching pad. This will be our main verse for this whole series. Uh, But I want us to really get this. Because if you get this, then the rest of this series will make sense to you. If you really internalize this and get this, On the inside of your heart and on the inside of your mind, things will begin to change in your life. Here's what he says. He says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. On this first Sunday in 2019, I'm going to tell you right now that there's some things in your life that you simply have to forget. Forget. It's quiet in here. But that's all right. There's some things that you have gone through. There's some things that people have said to you. There's some some hurts that you've experienced, some hindrances that you have. And I'm telling you, you've got to get to a point where you've got to forget that. Why? Here's the reason. For I'm about to do something new. And if you are attached to what was done and what always happened and what you're used to, then you're not going to be able to focus on what God wants to do in your life right now. Say right now. I need y'all to help me preach this this morning because there's some things that God wants to do in you, in your home, in your family, in your life, on your job, in your mind. He wants to do them right now. And here's the part that we miss. He says, see, so he's trying to call your attention to something. He's like, I've already begun. You're like, well, I'm waiting on it. And God says, while you're waiting on it, I've already started. Y'all missed that. God has already started working on what he wants to do in your life. But you, you, you say, I'm waiting on it. He says, I've already begun. And then he says, do you not see it? Now, here's the beautiful part. He says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. And I'll create rivers in dry wasteland. In other words, God is going to give provision where it looks like there shouldn't be any provision where it looks like you can't even figure out how it's going to work out, how, how God is going to do this and how all of these things are going to work together. God has said, I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness. I'm going to create rivers in the dry wasteland or in the desert. How many of you know in the desert is, is dry? But God says, I've got the power to give you provision and life, and fullness, and rivers in a place where people say it's not supposed to happen. See, there's some things that people said about you, they're not supposed to happen, never, never going to come to pass, it's always going to be like this, this is how it's going to turn out, this is how the end's going to be. Tell them that you can say what you want to see, but I'm standing on the word of God. There comes a point, see, some people won't be bold until they get pushed hard enough. You ever been in school and, and you see that person who just got pushed all the time? Until finally they got pushed too many times. And see, the enemy has done that with many of us for years. He just pushed you and poked you and pushed you and poked you and 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 pushed you and poked you. And finally until you say, you know what? I'm not dealing with this anymore. You have to submit to what the word of God says about me. Three of y'all got it. But watch this. The enemy comes to remind you, this is what you used to be. This is what you always used to do. These are the mistakes you always used to make. And so you've got to fight back and say, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Because I know enough to know that when we start walking in the plan and the purpose for our life, when we start taking steps forward in what God has for us, the enemy wants to remind you of every single mistake you've ever made in your entire life. He'll sit there and say, remember when you used to be? And you need to remind him that person is dead. The redeemed one who's been washed in the blood of the lamb. The one who has Christ, the greater one, living on the inside of him. That's the one that's standing before you right now. And just in case you didn't know, enemy, you're supposed to be under my feet anyway. Boldness is behavior that is born out of belief. What does that mean? It means that what we believe determines how we behave it's so important we got to start this year off with an understanding of this I've got to believe that in the midst of a negative report about my health that I'm healed by the blood of Jesus why because when it comes to me and says it's it's gonna go bad it's gonna go bad I've got to be reminded and bold enough to say you know what no matter how I feel in my body I'm walking in the healing of Jesus I'm telling you, we, we, th- th- we're going to be a place where we got testimonies of the supernatural hand of God working in our life. See, the problem is, and some people won't like me when I say this, we've gotten too cute in church. We've gotten too, too politically correct in church. So when we need a miracle, we don't know how to act. Mm. But sometimes you got to humble yourself. And say, you know what, if tears are going to get me to the blessing, I'm not afraid to cry. If shouting, Jesus, I praise you, I love you, I thank you, I'm the healed of the Lord. In, re- in spite of what the doctors have said, I believe I'm healed. If that embarrasses you, see, we've had too much, and, 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 and don't write me any letters about this, but we've got too much, we're too cute, too pretty, too sophisticated to get a miracle. But sometimes you got to be bold enough and say, God, I'm desperate and I need you to move in my life. God, I'm dry. I need you to fill me up so that rivers of living water flow out of me. What we believe determines how we behave. Before I go to my next point, I need to tell you this about prayer and fasting. It's so important. See, you don't have to tell everybody what you're doing. Just tell them I'm shutting in for a little while. I'm fasting. I'm seeking the face of God. You know why? Because God says, what you do in secret, he said, I'll reward you openly. So don't be afraid to to do what God has called you to do because people are going to say, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And say, don't worry. My miracle will answer your question. All right. There's some enemies to boldness, and we need to understand this. If you're taking notes. We, we, we won't be bold when we're worried about what people think. We won't be worried when we're timid. We won't be worried when we're afraid of failure. See, when you're bold, sometimes you just got to jump and trust God to catch you. See, that, that's it. How, how, how do I get a miracle? How do I get God to really move in my life? Sometimes you got to step and say, you know what? I'm stepping in the direction of what God has for me. It does not make sense for me to confess this and speak that. It doesn't make sense to me to even come in and say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice in it because everything inside of my heart and inside of my mind is telling me differently. But when you're bold, you say, you know what? I've got heaviness on my mind. I've got heaviness in my heart. I'm struggling. But God, you're still on the throne. God, you can still move. And like that song says, I'm facing this mountain, but I've seen you move the mountains before, and I believe that you'll do it again. And so here's what we need to understand. One, God is calling you. Two, God is equipping you. And three, God is empowering you. So if you know those three things, you can be bold in what God has for you because it's not my flesh anyway. Come on. You see, when you depend on you, and I depend on me, you know what we get? We go as far as we can go. But when we say, you know what, this flesh has to die. 21 days. This flesh has to die. Now my flesh is dying and I can go as far as God wants me to go. You watch what happens. Watch what happens. Starts to happen around your world when you take this thing seriously. When you say, you know what, there is nothing. Say bold. Say bold like you mean it. I had to set that up because you need to understand that you gotta declare in 2019 that there is absolutely nothing that's gonna stand in the way of me and my miracle. What is boldness? It's outspokenness, it's assurance, it's courage, and it's confidence to act without fear. And so here's the thing. I need to separate fear and feelings. I'm doing a little teaching preaching today because I need us to understand this. Because if you think fear and feelings are the same thing, you'll stay still. Sometimes you feel like you can't do it. But you got to keep on going anyway. Sometimes you feel like you don't have another praise in you, but you got to say hallelujah anyway. Or as the old people used to say, hallelujah anyhow. (laughs) Anyhow. Anyhow. That's how they used to say it. Uh, but anyway, I'm going back to my point here. Is you cannot be controlled and paralyzed by fear. What are they going to say about me if I'm telling them that I believe God for this? I can't tell them that I'm trusting God to do this because they'll say, well, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work out. At some point, we've got to dig deep inside Find that seed of faith and say, you know what? I'm getting everything that God has for me. I'm doing everything that God wants me to do. Anything and everything that God wants to do through me, Lord, I'm open. I'm surrendered. I trust you. Use me till you use me up. See, some of us will let the world use us but won't let God use us. We'll we'll give all of ourselves to everybody else but God. See, funny thing about deposits and withdrawals is they all work the same way. It's hard to withdraw where you haven't made deposits. God is always willing to pour out his blessing upon our life. But if all of us is always going to all of that, it's hard for us to have the faith to believe that we can withdraw from God. What we... But you got to make a decision on this first Sunday. That God is first. You're my first priority when I wake up in the morning, God. And it's not that you got to pray for an hour, but just wake up and say, good morning, God. What do you want to do for me today? Lord, go before me to my job. Lord, work in my home and in my relationships. Lord, this day is yours. It belongs to you. Give me the right connections. Put me in the right... You You ever drive somewhere... Me and my wife had this happen the other day. We were driving for no no reason that I understand. And the person in front of us uh, paid for the coffee and whatever we had gotten from Starbucks. Didn't know him or anything. We just happened to be in the right place at the right. When you're praying and you're fasting and you're putting God first, watch this. He will put you in the right place at the right time. Every place you've been trying to put yourself, watch this. Because that's what we do as humans. We try to position ourselves. And we don't let God put us somewhere. But when you say, God, I'm surrendered to you, Lord, I'll do whatever you want, he'll just, you'll go this way and he'll be, you know, he'll he'll, he'll tell you for whatever reason, even though you know the directions to this place are the same way every time, there'll be one day where he says, I need you to turn this way. And you'll be like, I don't know, I'm used to this, I know this, this is the way I do it, and you'll miss your blessing because you got to do it your way. But for many of us, God is refocusing focusing us. And so we want to walk in amazing boldness. We want to walk in amazing boldness. Let me read this passage quick. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ. The man you crucified, I say that's bold, but whom God raised from the dead. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Do people recognize you as someone who's been with Jesus? See, some of us, when we introduce ourselves to people, we say, I'm such and such. I do this and my degrees are from here. But do they recognize you as having had an encounter with Jesus? And so here's some bold facts that I want to give you. Bold fact number one, God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. He gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. So when you talk about can I be bold, can I walk in the boldness that God has for me, stop consulting your resume. Because it has nothing to do with your human accomplishments. You can be bold when you've had an encounter with Jesus. Try five minutes on your knees seeking the face of God and see what kind of expectation you get up with. All of a sudden, whatever the doctor said to you, it's like, okay. I know what you said. No, no, no. I heard what you said, but I know what God said. And so sometimes you got to be able to say, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I do know God. So God gives extraordinary boldness to ordinary people. Here's what verse 13 of Acts chapter 4 says. It says, the leaders could see that Peter and John were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. So here's the important thing to realize about what they meant by ordinary, because if you don't know what they meant by ordinary, they'll miss a significance. What they were actually saying was you guys are idiots. When you dig into the original language, they were calling them idiots. But they were idiots that they recognized <laughs> as having been with Jesus. See, if you're not careful, You'll let the insults of other people keep you from knowing who God created you to be. Just because, let me bring it down to our language, just because they put a label on you doesn't mean you have to accept it. See, here's what I learned. Here's what Scripture teaches. Whatever names you has the power over you. Is this too deep for y'all? Is this good? Whatever names you takes authority over you. So that means that if you allow people to put labels on you that God never put there, then you're saying that their opinion has authority over you. And if they have authority over you, they have authority over what you do. And if they have authority over what you do, that means they have to already have taken authority over what you believe. So now you have to say, I know what label society has put on me. I know what label even my mother or my father put on me. I know what label uh, my friends put on me and even my enemies. And some of y'all got frenemies. They put labels on you, but you got to say 2019, this first Sunday, is the year that I break the shackle of every label that's ever been placed on me. And the only label I accept is the one that Christ placed on me. So they're saying, look, they weren't preachers. They weren't what people would consider mature Christians. Um. Some of us even now, when we think about this and, and, and walking in boldness, we say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just this. Let me tell you something. You're not just anything but what God called you to be. I refuse to allow people to walk out this first Sunday not knowing that they have an identity in Christ and that they don't have to walk in the shackles that have been placed on them by this culture and this society. Just because our culture says that you have to be something and that you're limited by this doesn't mean that's as far as you can go. You say, well, you don't know my life. You don't know the choices that I've made. I do know that there's power in the blood of Jesus, and he's able to erase every wrong choice that you've made and set you on the right path to be everything that God created you to be. So here's the second bold fact. Your godly boldness will amaze a world that's watching. So that's important. You can't be afraid to be criticized And walk bold because you walking in boldness and walking in faith is going to get the attention of people who can bless you. The same people who criticized you are going to turn around and bless you in 19. See, this is why you got to be bold enough to forgive. Because you'll end up shutting the door to somebody that God wants to use to help you. Somebody say, don't be foolish. Say, don't be foolish. I got to qualify that last statement because that doesn't mean you just open yourself up to everybody all the time. But use wisdom. But you'll amaze. Your boldness will amaze the world that's watching. Here's the next thing. In verse 13, uh, we want to reemphasize this point. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Here's the thing. Everybody in that council, everybody who was watching at the time, uh, They were used to people being afraid of them. And so that's why they were amazed that these people were so bold enough to say, you know what? The miracle that happened was because Jesus, the Son of God, you crucified. He rose three days later. That's the one that healed him. How amazed are you by your boldness? If you were to rate yourself one to ten, how amazed... Are you by your boldness? Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. I need to say this. Stop looking for 52 52 steps and five steps to to walking in the power of God. There's one step, and that's you got to know Jesus. To know in the scripture means that I'm intimately acquainted with him. To be intimately acquainted with somebody means that you have spent time. 21 days. You're saying, I'm disconnecting from all the stuff that has stolen my attention, stolen my affection. And God, I'm just seeking to, to, to know you. Because when you come out of that, what happen, you realize that when you become intimately acquainted with the one who healed blinded eyes, opened up deaf ears, made the lame to walk, shriveled up hands, he fixed them. You get to intimately know him. You come out of his presence and you face something, you're able to walk in the same boldness as he's walking in because you know he's walking with you. So it comes from knowing Christ. Verse 14 says they also recognized them as, as men who had been with Jesus. Our goal is not boldness. Our goal is knowing Christ. Boldness is the byproduct. And so there's four areas, there's there's four stages. This is how we get there. One, time. It's time. You can't can't short-circuit time with God. Let me me pastor you for just, just a minute as we bring this thing in. When I ask people, I say, don't close your eyes now, but when I ask people, I say, close your eyes and tell me, How many of you have a daily time that you spend with God? Just you and God. Could be five minutes, could be 10 minutes, just you and God. A lot of times, people, if they answer honestly, they'll say, no, I don't. But if you ask yourself, how much time do I spend on social media? How much time do I spend giving out and away to other people? And these are not because these things are evil, watch this. I'm just trying to help us with priority. God has always asked for our first and our best. Don't miss this because I'm going to tell you with a sincere heart that if you approach 21 days of prayer and fasting with no intention on being obedient, you need to eat. And I say that with the love of the Lord. I love you. But if you don't intend on surrendering to God and saying, God, I'm going to obey you in areas that you're showing me, just eat. Because these 21 days won't do anything for you. But if you say, you know what, God, I know I struggle and I'm weak in some areas. And, you know, I commit that as you show me, Lord, I'll, I'll try. You know, I'll try, Lord, to be obedient. I'll just, I'll try. You know how the man said, I believe, but help my unbelief. So God, the good thing about, like, you all remember the story of Prodigal Son? So he sits there, he's, he's looking, and this isn't in the notes, but I promise you I'll finish, but I feel led to share this with you. He had gotten himself in so much trouble that he could, he, he's working, he's in a pig pen, and he, it's so bad he can't even eat what the pigs are eating. Can you imagine? Think about that for a minute. He's working, he's feeding pigs, and he can't even afford to eat what the pigs are eating here's the part that I like the the, the scripture says but he came to himself started in the mind he said you know what I don't have to live like this and that's what I want to tell each and every one of us today you don't have to live like where you are right now some of you you smile and you clap your hands and you wave your hands but in your mind you're like I'm okay with this now I've been through this long enough I'm used to it it's just I'm good But I want to remind you, as your pastor, you don't have to live that way. This is your invitation to come to yourself today and say, you know what? In my father's house, even the servants had plenty to eat. Is this helping somebody? Even even in my father's house, even, even, even the people who were slaves, they had a little something to eat. And he says, I will arise. And John, come up here real quick. i, I got to show you this so you understand this. because somebody needs to see this visual to understand it. And just stay right there and turn around. Now this is what we think God does. We come to ourselves. He's God. We come to ourselves and we say, "You know what? It could be better than this." And so you say, "We well, you know what? I'm going I'm to get back to God. And so we're struggling, right? We're struggling. i got to get back to God. i got to get right with God. i got to get right with God. i got to get right with God. And we think it's, the, it's like that. Now turn around, John. Here's what God does. Now I'm going to reverse this, and I'm God. As soon as he takes one step, this is what God does. Hmm. Soon as we make up our mind, thank you, as soon as we make up our mind that we're going back to God, we're going back in the right direction, he runs with open arms. And he covers us. and say, put a robe on him. He's coming back with a servant's heart, but he's still my son. And I'm going to fully restore him. Faith. It takes time. It takes faith. It takes boldness. And then we see results. Time with Jesus builds your faith. Which leads to boldness that produce spiritual results. Let's close on this point. When you walk in boldness, the enemy will try to keep you silent. Try to silence you. Keep talking. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, keep talking. I don't want us to leave without grasping this. I can always tell, see, not all the time, but many times when the enemy is working in people's lives, he does does two things. He silences them and he isolates them. And you know how it sounds to you? I just need to be by myself. So that's what he whispers to you. You think it's God, it's not God. Just get by yourself. You know why he wants you by yourself? because when you get by yourself, you're easy prey. But what happens is, when you got a family around you, and see you my family, so even if you don't like it, when the enemy's attacking you, Rachel, I'm running. Running when the enemy's attacking you, I don't care what your weakness is, I'm just trying to cover you. Because whether you got a weakness or not, I don't want you to die. And that's what happens when you're in the pack. We can work out our individual differences at some point. I'm making sure I got eyes on people, and I want you to see this. John, when the enemy's attacking you, even if it's your fault, I'm coming, because you're family. You're family, you're my brother. So even though you may have messed up, you're my brother, and I'm not letting you go down. We can work out the details of why it happened later. For now, we just need to get you back to restoration. See, some of our problem, and the reason we don't want to be bold is because somebody's always got to give us a 21-point examination about why we messed up. At that point, I know why I messed up. I need restoration. I need help. Is this helping anybody? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Take out your your Connect card if you have it with you. Pretty sure I didn't even go through, maybe I went through all the notes, maybe I didn't, but I believe God said what he wanted to say to people today and that's what matters. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is an act of faith. I'm going to do a couple things at this point. If you have anything that you are trusting and believing god for you don't have to put your name on unless you want to but take that connect card if you don't have it you get one outside and, and you can put it in the, the the kiosk out there or give it to one of our team or a prayer team here but i want you to write down just what is it that you you need prayer for what is it that you you want god to do in this year the Bible said, if, if two of you shall touch and agree on anything, it'll be done for them. So if we ask in faith, believing that God will move. So I want you to just write it down. And, and there's no special form or fashion to how we're going to do this. If you write it, once you write it down, just bring it and hand it to one of our, our prayer team. If you don't want to do that, that's fine too. But uh, there's just something about taking a step, a step forward and saying, God, I'm surrendering it to you. This is yours. You don't want to do that. Like I said, you can put it in the kiosk outside. Um, and after we're done praying and I'm done praying for you, you can either bring it up or take it out there. Uh, Austin's going to sing us out, pray us out, whatever he wants to do after that. But every head bowed, every eye closed, unless you're filling out that card. And you came in here today and you say, you know what, um, Pastor, this, this was for me. This, this, parts of this was for me. There's things that I could lay hold on to to this today. Some of you need your ministries back. Enemy lied to you and told you you, you you weren't gonna be used anymore, that it's not gonna happen for you anymore. God still has a plan, a purpose for your life. If you're here and you are just given hope, up hope on your calling, hope on the purpose for your life, just nobody's looking around, just slip your hand up so I know how to pray for you. I wanna just agree with you. Amen, God bless you, I'm praying for you. Amen, I'm praying for you second group of people I want to pray for is people you, you just say you know what I'm here and I need a miracle I, I, I'm desperate for a miracle I really can't can't talk about it but I, I need God to move in this area if that's you slip your hand up nobody's looking around just you and God Amen. all over the room all over the room I believe with all my heart keep your hand up I believe in all of my heart that we will see testimonies at the end of this 21 days that the same things that have been causing you anxiety and worry and fear and stress, that at the end of these 21 days, those same things you'll be giving testimony about. God worked in this. God did a miracle in that. Uh, The report changed. I don't know how it changed, but it changed. The decision changed. Favor came. Provision came. All right, put your hand down. And this is really two groups at the same time that I want to do this last invitation to. You're here and there's no shame, no shame here. You're here and you've never had a relationship with Jesus or you've walked away. Um, and you're here because God is calling you back home. He's, he's just whispering, it's time to come back home, my child. Time to come on back. If that's you or you're here and you know, like, look, there's areas of disobedience in my life. I just haven't obeyed God fully. Uh, that's you, either one of those, not saved or just areas of disobedience that you want prayer, us to just, and nobody's calling you up, but I just believe that act of raising your hand is significant. So if either one of those things are you, not saved or areas of disobedience, slip your hand up. This is what I tell our team. This is what I tell individuals when I meet with them. Don't miss this as we pray. We often want God to intervene in areas where we won't give him priority. And he's saying, as soon as you obey me, I'll move. (laughs) So, Father, in the name of Jesus, let's all pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Lord, a relationship with you gives me boldness. I declare 2019 shall be the year. I'm blessed. My family's blessed. Things are restored. My eyes are opened. My ears are open. My heart is open. I humble myself. I put myself in a position to receive. Thank you for salvation. Thank you in advance for victory and freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here and you desire prayer you can, or, or you have your card filled out, just bring it up to one of our prayer partners and just hand it to them. They're not going to ask you a lot of questions unless you want prayer. Um, and Austin's going to play a little bit, sing a little bit. After we're done with that, he'll pray, and I'll be outside. I want to be able to shake your hand before you go. God bless you, and we love you.